Hey, Kurt, who will win a fight between Elmo and Rio? Oh no, bro. I gotta think, think about this. I don't even know how big these niggas are in real life. Elmo pretty big. Rio pretty big too. Re- hey, Rio, that nigga not tall, but he one of them stocky, swole, cock diesel motherfuckers, bro. Hey, that nigga, that nigga Rio can bench a lot too. But Elmo, Elmo definitely got that retarded strength, bro. See, cause it's it's tricky, bro. I know Elmo kind of reserved. So I feel like if Them the niggas you gotta watch, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but be somebody else. But, but Rio got that old man strength. Yeah, but Rio, no bullshit. Rio a cool customer too. Rio not the one you want to fuck with either, cause he's such a nice dude. Yeah, both of them, both of them niggas low key like motherfuckers you don't want to get into a bar fight with. <laughs> Real him, that nigga, that nigga. Rio, Elmo, Chris, Jamal, all these fake nice ass niggas, bro. Bray, all these niggas super super nice in person, boy, but I don't want to make none of them niggas mad. Now, Denny, Denny, I'm going to knock Denny the fuck out. (laughs) 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 All right, let's get it. What'd you say, bro? I was about to say, I wonder if they used to have a lot of fights uh, in real life. That nigga's irritating. I mean, I'll be wanting to open hand slap that nigga, Denny. <laughs> but Denny, Denny, the type of nigga that just, he annoy him, but you know, dude is like, you know, Denny, like, got a good heart and he ain't really on shit. So Denny, just like the annoying little brother type. He'll say his slick shit, but you know, bullshit. Denny might have them bitches too, bro. Cause Denny, <laughs> Den, hey Denny, Denny, my damn near had them bitches too. I don't know, I don't know. Denny ain't no, Denny ain't no pushover. I'm gonna tell you who's not a fighter. Me. So y'all niggas leave me alone. <laughs> I don't got time to be fighting. Hey, hey, I tell you who who is a fighter and still can't fight me. But I tell, <laughs> I tell you who is a shooter. Me. Yeah. Any one of these Swalcock D's, the last niggas try to play with me, dude. If I start losing, dude, you get shot. Simple. I told Ray. I told Chris, just for everybody on the mic listening to the pre-show, you you fuck with me, we we get to banging, you start winning, dude, it's over with. <laughs> oh, hey, what Bow Wow said? Tombstones, homie. <laughs> <laughs> All right, bro. I, I didn't really prepare anything for Elmo's team, <clears throat> but I think the four topics that we talk about that we break down are pretty easy, so we can just do it off the top of the head. Yeah, I'm with that. All right, give me one second and I'm ready. You fuck with me, you fucking with the best. Hey, I gotta watch Scarface. That that shit was hard. Yeah. It's a long ass movie though, bro. When you watch it again, yeah, like, really man, this shit long as hell. It really is. So what have you have you ever seen the Godfather trilogy? No. Bro, the movies are so good, bro, but they are so fucking long. They are so long, bro. But you you got it, bro. 
you gotta watch the godfather bro at least once even if you gotta yeah, break bro. it up like over a couple weeks and like watch watch one then take a break watch another one they're so good yeah i'm a, i gotta check that shit out I, i've been meaning to do that for like years classics bro <laughs> classics <laughs> bro yeah classics that nigga um al pacino did that like the job in the movies bro fucking uh <laughs> michael corleone as like some of his best shit yeah dude is a really good actor man he is he is he is de niro was in that motherfucker too i gotta rewatch them too but like movies like that my wife be like oh it's so long bro she's the type that be asking you questions about shit that y'all both watching for the first time boy yes she'd be like oh my god is that her brother I'm like, bitch, I don't fucking know. I'm I'm watching for the first time like you. <laughs> like, is, is he really dead? Like, and you know, a nigga get shot in the movie and it's a cliffhanger until like the next scene. Like, oh, did he die? I'm like, dude, bro, I don't know, man. Can we wait to see what was going to happen in the hospital? Gee, I don't know. But yes, dude. Like, dude, this is my first time watching this shit too. All right. Yeah, bro. All right, let's get it, bro. Because I'm trying to, I'm trying to hop back on this league play. <clears throat> yo he yo ha hey hey for real what was that nigga ti thinking with that shit bro and hey riri don't get a pass either bro she bro you know she be singing whatever niggas put in front of her bro facts at that at that time especially facts boy they blew me with that shit that's how i warm up though <clears throat> all right let's get it We are bike. Welcome to another episode of the Ace of Spades Dynasty League podcast. Y'all know who the fuck it is, man. It is the host with the most. Cam, a.k.a. the Dynasty Demigod, a.k.a. the Ace of Spades Thanos, a.k.a. the Four time champion aka mr okay i'm reloaded follow me on twitter at cam's not sober and i'm in the lab as always with the co-host curtis aka kirk cashy aka the 2020 ace of spades world champion A.K.A. Danny's big homie. A.K.A. Unfortunately for Tabron's sake, Mr. Take Your Best Player and send you into a three-year rebuild. Kurt, what's good? What's up, bro? Hey, we did the breakdown of Tabron's team. I cannot take the full credit, bro. That was just the very last domino to fall, bro. That, that Eckler. That was the last straw. Yeah. That was the last straw. I'm sad we don't have Chris on this on this podcast because we're doing the, the news and notes. And I put this news item, the very first news item in this podcast because of Chris, because I don't give a fuck about this player. I think he's irrelevant. He's not even the top 100 uh, dynasty wide receiver, but the Raiders are expected to release Tyrell Williams. Yeah, he's a... Uh... What did Chris say? <laughs> all the time, bro. <laughs> he was like, I'll I'll top 50? It was yeah, top 50, bro. right? Yeah. yeah. 
He said, you, you got a top 50 wide receiver in your team. You're not going to throw in the ball. I was like, well, shit, top, this top 50. There's a lot of top 50 receivers on teams that ain't getting the ball, bro. <laughs> I mean, top, uh, hey, top 50 doesn't scream, feed me targets. So, uh, <laughs> but yeah, Tyrell Williams expected to be released. Look, we're going to do Chris's team next Saturday, Kurt. And Chris better be, better be lucky that he's got three top 18 picks, bro. Cause his team looking a little funny in the light. So yeah, I haven't I haven't had a chance to really look at it, but I, I do know that he had a really rough season last year and uh he lost the toilet bowl. So man, yeah, that was rough. Uh officially last place. He he lost out to, to Rio and Tabron and Elmo. Two niggas who who Elmo and Tabron had the two worst records in the league throughout the, the first 15 weeks, and then he 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 coughed it up, he fumbled the bag. It's almost like the time Justin beat his ass with a Justin Houston fumble recovery at the end of the game with two seconds left. No time on the clock. That's, That's got to be the worst way to lose, man. Got to be. Got to be. Got to be. Anyway, all right, let's move to the rest of this NFL news and notes. Patrick Mahomes to have off-season surgery on turf till. He already actually had the surgery. Um, all the reports following the surgery came back positive so nothing really to monitor there unless uh, there's a setback over the summer which i mean it's it's a toe injury so any 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 below ankle injury bro anywhere in the foot i don't give a fuck if it's a toe a foot i don't care like i always try to monitor these injuries closely because foot injuries are like some of the worst you can have in football i agree i think um you should be you know, considering uh, parting ways with uh, Mahomes. I mean, you just don't know how that toe is going to recover, bro. So if you need somebody to take them off your hands, I'm here for you. Send me me Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, and a first. Ooh, that's just too much. (laughs) Then then I'll consider. But uh, Patrick Mahomes, speedy recovery to you, my brother. Sorry, neither one of us could bring home our respective championships. You ran into Tampa, Tom Brady, and I ran into the cash one. But don't worry, Mahomes. We're both going to come back in 2021, stepping on niggas next. So speedy recovery to my guy, uh, Project Pat. Eagles are expected to trade Carson Wentz. We talked about this briefly on the last podcast, but I thought this was interesting because I saw what the Colts sent the Eagles for Carson Wentz. And I thought it was a fair offer. They sent two second round picks. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. I would, uh, bro, um, if I'm the Eagles GM, the Colts would have had Carson Wentz, bro. 100%. Those two seconds, yeah. 100%. But, yeah. I don't know. I, me. I, don't, I don't think Jalen Hurts is – I don't think he's an NFL starter. And I, I could be wrong on I could be wrong on Jalen Hurts. I think he will start, and I think he'll probably have um, a couple seasons to to do so. I mean, they draft they didn't draft him late. He was a second round pick, so they invested a fair amount of draft capital into him, and he can ignite the offense in other ways. Um, you know that that Carson Wentz really can't because of how dynamic he is with his legs. Uh, but but even still. I would be trying to probably keep Carson Wentz at least for another season just to see if the new coaching staff can fix him. I don't know. I'm probably in the minority there. But I guess um, 
you know, if, if a team would have sent me two second round picks for uh, a quarterback who's had at least, you know, uh, as good of a season as Wentz did a few years back, I probably would have wanted to get a little bit more. But I don't know how at this point after he got benched by, uh, for Jalen Hurts and Nate Sutfield at the end of the year, um, you can you can really play hardball with Wentz. So I thought that was interesting. Yeah, man. You know, what I was thinking about just like this situation in general, um, when Peterson got fired, right? Like the reports were kind of like, oh, well, ownership is choosing Wentz over right. Peterson. But then that was fake. They, they, they also get rid of Wentz. So it's like, did both of them just lose the team or what? That's kind of what it seemed like to me from the outside looking in. Because you know, it's all those reports about I agree. Wentz's teammates not liking him. So maybe they didn't like the coach or Wentz. <laughs> I mean, mm. yeah, I agree. And I think ownership is probably looking to do um, to just to blow the team up, you know, full rebuild. That team is such a good team and it's been such a good team for so long. I mean, the past couple of years, they've been decimated by injury, but the team has been really good for so long because of, their offensive and defensive line play that that team is really good in the in the trenches when you account for like Brandon Graham and Fletcher Cox on one side and all of the the talented offensive linemen that they have um, on the other side of the ball so I don't really know what a rebuild would look like or if they would just try to you know kind of reload in the draft the problem is Howie Roseman is not really a good GM like we talked about the uh, Jalen Rager over Justin Jefferson pick we talked about the JJ, I think a white side over DK Metcalf pick. I mean, I don't know, Kurt. I just don't really have any hope for this team to really do anything positive after what we've seen over the past few years. Yeah, I, I'm. I will have to agree with you on that. Yeah, Damn. yeah. They need. They should have. They should have fired Howie Roseman and hired my nigga Andrew Berry from the from the Browns. You know, the brother out of Harvard, bro. I mean, yeah. I mean, he been. He been. Like, uh, I know he. What he got his job like last year? Last year, he did his thing. Him and Stefanski, they did their things, bro. (laughs) So, yeah. But anyway, um, this this next news item is is pretty interesting, too, because it's about our boy, British Tredavious, a.k.a. BT. Dude, Todd Gurley, dude, he's he's out of the league. I mean, simple. Yeah, uh, man. You know, I know, like, towards the end of the season, like, he lost – he started, like, losing touches or they, they weren't really playing him. And they were playing like Edo Smith. Yeah, I don't know if he was Brian injured Hill. or what, but no, yeah. coach. It was coaching. Yeah, coaches. Yeah. He he was playing, but I, I think a lot of games that I saw towards the end of the season, he would get like a couple touches early, and then he would just fade into oblivion. Yeah, it was. Yeah, man, it's 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 crazy to see how fast you know that that uh running back cliff comes. I know like with Gurley, it's a lot of knee injury uh is a, is, a, is a big part of it but that happens you know to to players and uh even at the beginning of this season he was like borderline rb1 because he was scoring uh, a lot of touchdowns like early in the season but there it was ugly it was ugly bro let me ask you this would you rather have todd Gurley for those two and a half years that he was super dominant or who can I use as an example or a running back like 
David Montgomery, if you knew David Montgomery was going to pit play seven or eight seasons, putting up back in RB one high end RB two numbers for a long period of time, like let's say six years, that's, that's too extreme. Let's say five years of David Montgomery or two and a half years of Todd Gurley in dynasty. Who would you have rather had? See, it, it, I, I think it, I think I would rather have Todd Gurley because I feel like if I had Todd Gurley for those two years, my team would have been able to compete for a chip. I don't know if I would have won, but I would have been in the mix. You know what I mean? If I had Todd Gurley and Kamara at the same time, like that, that put me in a different conversation. So I would take that. I don't really like the the dude that's going to go out there and get you 10-12. Like you kind of need that if like your team just needs pieces or needs bodies, but like I'd rather take the the, the, the high-end two years, like, personally. Bro, this question isn't even close for me, bro. I'm taking Gurley, bro. And even if I'm not a contending team, I'm taking Gurley just because of what I can get someone to pay for a player like that. I mean, the way I build my dynasty teams, I value elite production year over year. So even if I know, you know, uh, Devontae Adams or DeAndre Hopkins is only going to give me three more years of elite wide receiver one play, but I can get a T Higgins who could potentially give me eight years of high-end wide receiver two play, I'm still going to want those elite high-end wide receiver ones. You know what I'm saying? I do, yeah. Yeah, I I I want two top three or top four wide receivers for the next three years, as opposed to having one younger top 15 or top 18 wide receiver. That's just always how I build my teams. I want the most valuable player on my team. Anyway, I just thought that was pretty interesting, but Todd Gurley not expected back in Atlanta. This could potentially be a rookie running back landing spot, Kurt. Yeah. Which means I need to figure out how to get up in the draft, (laughs) bro. If, if, uh Najee Harris or Javante Williams or even like a Jamar Jefferson or Travis Etienne if one of those running backs lands in Atlanta with an early day two pick man that is going to make the draft very very interesting Elmo stop yeah. the fucking picks yeah yeah I mean it would make it interesting man just because I mean Edo Smith, uh, what's the other dude? Uh, Brian uh, Hill. Yeah, it's just no competition. That's just not a thing. Yeah, no yeah. competition. So yeah, I would be really interested. And um, you know, I'm I'm gonna take a quarterback at pick two, but pick four, bro. It's like you know, everybody knows that I want to take Jamar Chase there, but you know, wide receivers are so deep. I would be I would be interested, bro, if one of my you know top running back prospects landed on the on the Falcons I would be I would be intrigued that would be a tough call and it would come down to the landing spot of of Jamar Chase and it wouldn't be as locked in as as I feel like it is right now but anyway that's something to monitor for everybody with I'd say a top eight pick because the running back for the Atlanta Falcons is going to be gone uh, before pick nine I would imagine so next news item Russell Wilson Dude, I think he's trying to force his way out of Seattle like Deshaun Watson. Man, I mean, I don't know, man. It's, it's, it's interesting to see like that, like that playing out. Like, dude is uh 
pretty much like synonymous with with the Seahawks brand. So it, it like it's interesting. But he's been like kind of low key about his. I, I feel like because I don't think I think Deshaun Watson has flat out said like I don't give it. I don't care who you bring in here. I want to leave. Uh, yep. Yeah. So I don't know. Yep. That's interesting though. Russell Russell Wilson is not there yet, but I can tell you from a fan's perspective and why I feel like Russell is, you know, kind of fed up with Seattle. Pete Carroll, bro. Yeah. Pete, Pete Carroll is dog shit. He's fucking <laughs> and he is, he is an awful offensive mind, bro. He is, he is shit. I hate Pete Carroll and he's involved with player personnel and like president operations and shit like that. And, you know, um, Skybox Shadi Schottenheimer, their offensive coordinator from last year. He wasn't he wasn't very good, but at least he had the right idea. You know, uh, tailoring the offense around Russell Wilson's skill set. They still need a more creative offensive mind, in my opinion. They do have uh, some good receivers, and um, I think they there can be an offense built around his skill sets that's a lot more prolific than what we've seen over the past year. So, I want to see what this offense looks like with a competent offensive mind and i'm not sure russell wilson is going to get that in seattle with pete carroll wanting to run the damn ball on first and second down on every possession i just don't i don't like him there i would hate to see him leave because i have dk metcalf so i don't want to see russell wilson leave but as as a, as a football fan and as a fan of russell wilson if he can get out of seattle fucking leave bro they haven't done a great job of protecting him over the past several years bro that offensive line consistently ranks outside the top 20 in pass block win rate fuck him yeah, I mean, Cam, bro, like, why would you tailor the offense around Russell Wilson when you can tailor it around Chris Carson? I mean, it's hey. it's only it's not every day you have a stud in your backfield like Chris Carson, bro. You gotta you gotta make hey. sure you give him that give him that rock. What's what's the name of that? What's the name of that running back that Chris had that played that looked like the son of Barbershop Three? DJ Dallas. Yeah, yeah. That nigga looked like the son on Barbershop 3. That nigga, when that nigga started, he, they was tailoring the offense around him. That nigga got like, damn that 30 touches. I'm like, boy, what, what the what, Let this nigga just throw the ball. And then, bro, they send DK on all these 40-yard uh, 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 nine routes. I'm like, boy, get this nigga a slant. This, this nigga is... <laughs> what uh Darius like Darius like called this nigga an action figure. Get put this get this nigga a screen or a slant and let him run somebody over it. I just bro, I sometimes I just want to see the talented skilled players on a team just get put in the hands of somebody who understands how to build an offense in NFL. And another thing about DK, bro, while we were talking about the the Eagles misses at wide receiver, you know, the Chiefs drafted Nicole Hardman two spots before DK Metcalf. That's a miss, bro. Just a miss. That's a huge miss. Bro, just imagine DeKalen Metcalf. Dude, Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey with Patrick Mahomes and Clyde was there in an Andy Reid offense. Oh, my God. Yeah, that, that would have been disgusting. That, that was a miss. That was a, that was a hard miss. That was a hard miss. Anyway, next news item uh obj to Tampa? question mark you know obj has a relationship to tom brady chris godwin's contract is up no telling whether or not they'll be able to resign him obj is you know uh, his current contract if they took that over likely to be cheaper than what godwin would command in free agency so unless godwin wants to take a discount he could be out the door 
And, you know, Cleveland has, has shown signs that, that OBJ is, is a little more expendable this season than he was last season. I could see a scenario where this happens for, for uh, OBJ. Oh, man. I, I don't want it to, though, bro. I'm not going to lie to you. I don't, I don't want it to happen. I don't, I don't need Tom Brady to get anything else. All right? <laughs> he doesn't need shit else, okay? He should give some of that back. So Chris Godwin leaves good. Like he don't he don't need Odell too. But bro, but bro, we we both like Odell. We're both fans of Odell. I would just love that for Odell. I would just love yeah. that for him, man. I just I yeah. think Tom Brady, he knows how to put his wide receivers in positions to be successful. If they don't get to to re-sign Antonio Brown, if they don't get to re-sign Chris Godwin, then they have a chance to go get OBJ. I mean, just think of the production of the skill players that Tom Brady went out and recruited on his own and look, look at how those guys have shown up. You know, he lobbied for the offensive lineman. Obviously they got Tristan works played in an all pro level. He got a B there. A B showed his ass, uh, made some crucial catches in the, in, in the, in the Super Bowl. Gronkowski scored two touchdowns in the Super Bowl. Uh, Leonard Fournette, they signed him, even though they had Ronald Jones, he was the lead back uh, for majority of the playoffs. I mean, Tom Brady GM, bro. I mean, Bruce Arians is dog shit. I mean, what you want to say? Leonard Fournette, 5.3 yards per carry in the playoffs. Uh, come get him. <laughs> but yeah, it, yeah, I think I think it's it's an interesting story. I, I don't know, you know, how much traction these rumors are going to get, but that's something that I would like to see for Odell. He deserves to play with a good quarterback for once in his career. So I'd like to see that. Mel Kuyper's big board. We're gonna we're gonna hold off on this and talking about the the draft for another episode. I think we'll run through the wide receiver rankings. We'll run through the tight end rankings. Excuse me, and then we'll start talking about the draft and like maybe a top fifty for our uh, draft prospects on one of these guys' big boards. Uh, we just don't have enough time today, but I put it here. But I'll I'll pencil this in for one of the episodes where we do not talk about draft ranking. So that'll wrap up the NFL news and notes. Let's get into the ace of spades news and notes. IDPs. It's never the right time to say goodbye. Dude, they out of here, bro. The league voted. They gone. Hey, uh, good riddance. <laughs> bro, I'm going to take just a few moments on IDPs because I really, really tried my best to get IDPs to work, but I have to take the blame for IDPs not working because I never wanted to fully invest in IDPs having parity amongst the offensive positions. And what I mean by that is the only way to truly make IDPs work, Curtis, is to make them just as valuable as offensive players. That's the only way people would take them seriously. And I just think having Devin White score as many points as Patrick Mahomes is just goofy to me. No, I feel that. But, but bro, like, I won't even say him because he's, he's good. But imagine, like, fucking, like, Blake Martinez or, like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? These niggas be – I mean, a lot of these IDPs are not even really – good real life idps and that's just kind of like i don't know you see uh aaron donald 
for uh, Rio, one game he'll get 40, and then he'll get you zero two weeks in a row because he's getting triple teamed. It's just, I don't know, you know, it's just, and then it's like, well, you, you might as well plug this random lineman from Detroit, you know, until you line up instead of like Aaron Donald. It's just, it's a weird thing, bro. It's weird. It, it is. And I think that's why I could never get fully invested, you know, just based on what you said and what we talked about a couple of weeks ago when I was asking you about this offline and you were like, I mean, it's just not really as fun because the players that are good in real life suck as IDPs. And it does add another element of strategy. Like Ray mentioned this in the, in the chat, it does make the league more strategic, but at the same time, the fact that we never went, you know, balls deep into the IDP format and, you know, we didn't have as many IDP positions as we have offensive positions. The scoring isn't as uh, high of a ceiling as our offensive players have. So people just kind of devalued them. And the IDPs that did come up on, on waivers or IDPs that were available in the draft, the teams that always have good IDPs always ended up with those players because nobody else took it seriously. So we ended up having, you know, four or five teams that had good IDPs and everybody else's IDPs were garbage. So we added IDPs to bring more balance to the league. And all it did was make the top heavy teams more top heavy and the shitty teams garbage. So the only person I really feel for that isn't really a top five team, Kurt, that is going to be hurt by the loss of IDPs is Jamal because Jamal had one of the better IDP rosters in the league. So IDPs uh, being moved is actually going to, to hurt him anyway. It's official. The league voted we don't do, um, what do they call that? When everybody, when everybody has to vote the same way? A dictatorship? No, 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 not a dictatorship. It's like um, there is majority vote and there mm -hmm. is there is a vote where it, it's required for everybody to vote uh, the oh, same that, way in order to make a change. It has to be like 100%. Yeah, I know yeah. what you're talking about. There's a word, about. there's a word for that. Excuse me. Um, I ate McDonald's this morning, so my brain isn't high functioning. Uh, yeah, but they yeah. don't vote in dictatorships either. So yeah. that was, uh, that's my bad too. Hey, 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 hey! Edit that out. All right, let's go. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, <laughs> we are smart. I swear. Anyway, the draft will be moved from five rounds back to three rounds. It's what we used to have back in the gap before we took IDP seriously, before we even had IDPs in the league, we used to only do a three round rookie draft. We're going back to that. There's no need to have five rounds when there are no individual defensive players in the mix because drafts just aren't that deep. And also if we had a five round draft with no IDPs, there would be zero to spend your fab dollars on like nothing. So I want to add that element of strategy that we used to have where you know, there are three rounds in draft and then, you know, someone who was a decent prospect went undrafted and you have to figure out, you know, how much fab to invest in that player. So the draft will be going from five to three rounds starting in 2022 because there were actually several trades involving fourth and fifth round picks for some reason, Elmo. So we're going to let people get fourth and fifths and draft whoever the fuck they can get in those rounds. But um, starting next year, we're going to go back down to three. The only person who will be negatively affected by this in 2022 is Rio. He acquired one fourth round pick in that stupid ass trade that KB sent them for AJ Green. Remember, it was the second, third, fourth, that trade. 
Yeah, where you just said, I'm going to just set all my picks for a, a, a receiver that's over the cliff. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, Rio, I'm sorry, but I'm not really sorry because you have, like, 50 picks, and we're, we're only going to have, you know, like, 20-something roster spots. So, you don't need that fourth-round pick, my brother. Maybe I'll give Rio some extra fab dollars in 2022 or something, but that 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 – trade was already an overpay so hopefully Rio isn't isn't complaining too much about losing a, a fourth round pick ace of spades hall of fame I thought that the only potential inductee into the hall of fame and ace of spades this year could be Drew Brees because he's the only one who is projected to retire but also played on somebody's team for longer than four years he played on he's played on Tay Brown's team for about seven eight years so he will be eligible for the ace of spades hall of fame but another player that we just mentioned in the Ace of Spades news and notes could potentially be up for 2020 Hall of Fame induction or 2021 Hall of Fame induction. Todd Gurley. What if Todd Gurley retires? He's been on BT's team for six years. Yeah, you got to make it to the to the Hall of Fame, bro. Yeah, he he would he would for sure make it into the Hall of Fame. He would have my vote. So would so would uh um. Trump, Trump or Drew Brees. We gotta separate, we gotta separate the politics from the football, bro. So yeah, if if anybody notices another player that has been on your roster for a minimum of four years in the Ace of Spades Dynasty League, and you want to submit him for an Ace of Spades Hall of Fame vote, please do because we're not. Uh, I mean, uh, we are, but we 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 don't catch everything. And it doesn't have to be, you know, a QB one, a wide receiver one, an RB, because there are just not enough players that retire on the on the offensive side of the ball every year. And there are just not a lot of players that retire in the NFL that have been on our fantasy teams for four years or longer. So everybody just keep an eye on that and it'll it'll help us, you know, make this Hall of Fame thing an actual thing. And we're still working out the details of, you know what the reward is going to be for having a player inducted into the hall of fame, but we'll figure it out and make it fun. But anyway, Drew Brees should be eligible once he announces his retirement. Ace of spades apparel. We've talked about this on every podcast. Everybody is fully paid up except Tay Brown and Jamal, uh, but it isn't due until the end of April. So you guys still have time divisions. We've talked about those cut day and roster sizes. So everybody keep in mind, we're switching from IDP to offense only. So no kicker, no team defense, no IDPs. So rosters will shrink from 30 down to about 22. And we could potentially be adding another flex position. We'll vote on that in the chat just so I can get a temperature check for how everyone is feeling. But that's a decision that I will ultimately make on my own. But I do want to see where everyone stands with adding an additional flex position because we have such deep rosters we should be rolling out deep lineups so either we need to shrink the roster size or increase the amount of starters we have in order for it to make sense all right so i bet everybody keep that in mind i'll actually probably post that poll today so it'll either be like keep the starters the same and go down to 20 roster spots or do 22 roster spots and add an additional position. And it doesn't even have to be a flex. If y'all want to add like a third wide receiver or an, uh, a, I was about to say an extra tight end, but boy, after I just traded for Kittle, y'all don't want to see that, bro. Y'all don't want to see that. 
Yeah, no, that's cheating, bro. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I would I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't do that to y'all, bro. I've been whooping y'all ass for so long. I don't I don't I don't want to add another element of of whoop assness, bro. So another wide receiver spot, another flex. And I think that's pretty much all we can do. We can't do another running back because people are so shallow at that position. Can't do another quarterback. Uh, so another wide receiver or another flex. That's what we'll vote on. So again, keep rosters at 20 and starters the same or expand rosters to 22 total and add an additional offensive position. And this doesn't include taxi or IR, by the way. Anyway, we'll have a cut day sometime before the draft. So you guys have plenty of time to determine after we vote, you guys will have plenty of time to determine who's going to make or miss your final roster. But we have a month or so before you have to think about that. All right, Kurt. It's time to get into the rest of the wide receiver by so. Um, again, the offseason has been pretty quiet, so we wanted to do this segment to just re-engage with the league and talk about some potential offseason buy or sells at each position group. We've already done quarterbacks. We've already done running backs. Chris and I did uh, wide receiver 50 to 30, and Curtis and I will do wide receivers 29 to 1. Kurt, do you have your list, Andy? Um, I can get to it uh, real quick. All right, cool. I'll give you a couple moments to do that. I'll pull my list up. You just let me know when you're ready. And then lastly on the show, guys, after we run through quickly the rest of the wide receiver buy sell, we're going to do Elmo's year-end review. So year-end review, Elmo edition. So we'll run through the rest of the wide receivers first. Then we'll get into Elmo's year-end review. We'll talk a bit about draft position if we have time, and then we'll wrap up. All right, I got it ready, bro. All right, cool. I'll start off. So me and Chris ended here at wide receiver 31 with Jerry Judy. If I'm not mistaken, we will skip my guy Rashad Bateman. We'll talk about Rashad Bateman when we start doing the rookie uh, segment, Kurt. So let's start with DJ Shark. I'll, I'll start with DJ Shark. He's 24 years old. He averaged almost 12 fantasy points per game last season, which, which is actually a lot. Um, now that I'm looking at it, because what I remember from DJ Shark was, was an absolute dud and lost season, but he's still young. He's projected to get an upgrade at the QB position with the Jaguars taking Trevor Lawrence, number one, overall, he's just a hold for me. He's too young and showed too much promise, uh, a year ago for me to sell him. And his value is too low right now for me to sell him. So at wide receiver 29, where they currently have him ranked, DJ Chark is a hold for me. What about you? Um, I would a hold or a buy. That's pretty much where I would have him at. Uh, because he had such a disappointing season last year, you might be able to get him, you know, for a lower price. And I don't see anything in this future but improvement, you know. I, he can't have as bad of a season as he had last year. So I would say either hold them if you have them or buy them if you can uh, for cheap. I agree. I actually, I actually think that your, your response is, is a better one. I think um, I'm looking through the lens of somebody who, who has him to hold, but I think, I think he's absolutely a buy just based on, you know, the season that he had. And, and essentially it was, it was a lost season. He, he was banged up as well. And um, he didn't produce at the level that he did just a year ago when everybody expected him to have, you know, that year three breakout. It didn't happen. So I, I think, yeah, I, I agree with you, actually. He's, he's a buy. Uh, what about Tyler Lockett, Kurt, the next wide receiver on this list? 
Um, I think he's old. Um, I mean, he's pretty consistent year after year. If I mean, he's a whole. Uh, if we if we're projecting Russell Wilson to be there next year, I think he'll pretty much do the same thing that he always does. Or we might see him regress a little bit as uh, DK Metcalf takes another step forward. So that's something that uh, to to keep an eye on for uh, too. But I I say just hold him. I think if I can get anything for Tyler Lockett, I'm gonna sell him. See, this is this okay. is the thing. So, so what you said about DK Metcalf taking over as the alpha there that that concerns me with Tyler Lockett's production. Pete Carroll being there and wanting to be a run first team in 2021 that scares me as well. The idea that Russell Wilson is fed up in Seattle that scares me. But Kurt, let me tell you what scares me the most about Tyler Lockett. For one, he, he's 28 years old, so he's still relatively young. This is when wide receivers are still producing at a prime level, but. He had the first three weeks, he had 17 fantasy points, 19 fantasy points, and 40 fantasy points. Then he had two weeks of five fantasy points and eight fantasy points. Week six by, he comes back and drops 60 on Arizona. 60 fantasy points. He had 15 catches for 200 yards. This is what he did for the rest of the season after that week seven performance. Seven fantasy points, seven fantasy points, 12 fantasy points, 20 fantasy points, five fantasy points, 12, 10, 6, and eight to wrap up the season. This dude had one week of wide receiver two production after that week six after that week seven 60 point explosion. Bro, you 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 he was like a drop candidate in a redraft. You you couldn't even start Tyler Lockett with confidence. Yeah, um, I had Tyler Lockett in redraft last year, and I felt I feel like I felt the same way about him last year too. You know, he's just kind of one of those receivers for me. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. that's why I kind of say like, if you like, I'm I'm looking at it through the lens of somebody who like has helped like okay through the lens of like BT. So I think BT pretty much expects that from Tyler Lockett, or he should at least based on what right. you know what he does every year. Because I remember last year. You know, I benched him one week, and he had 40 on the bench. And then, you know, I played him one week, and he had zero on my lineup. Like, he's just one of those types of dudes to me. So I agree. And you can't even – I mean, especially according to this value, this 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 calculator here that they use to appropriate player value, I mean, this, this value is the equivalent of uh, like a mid-second round pick. It's like 82 points here. I think that's the equivalent of, because like, I think the uh, mid round first, like 150 points, the late round first are like in the 100s, the low 100s. And this, his value, Tyler Lockett's value is in the 80s. So I think this would equate to like a mid to late second round pick. Uh, Yeah, I guess I'm not really, I'm not selling Tyler Lockett for that because he still has probably, you know, three more years to produce at, you know, a wide receiver two level, but he was only a wide receiver two last year because of those, those couple blow up performances. So he's just a player that can win you a couple weeks out of the season. You make it three weeks where he can actually win you a game. And then you're just guessing all season, like when you can start him. So I guess he's a hold, but I don't want him on my fantasy teams. No, if you could package him and get something better, like you throw him in there. That's what I would do. That's a good, that's a good call too. Like I would definitely try to include him in a package to upgrade that position. All right. LaVisca Chenault. Um, LaVisca is a buy for me. He's a buy with caution for me. I don't think his value is, um, 
too high for me to go and and uh, too high for me not to try to pursue him or or get some feelers as to you know what the Lavisca Chanel owner would want for him. But he's super young, super explosive, super talented. I think in the right offense in the right scheme, he could be a monster for fantasy because of the multitude of ways that you can use him. And he put up a decent showing last year. Um, you know, even with the shit show that was the Jacksonville Jaguars offense. So he's a buy for me, uh, especially going into a new season with, you know, a revamped offense and uh, a, an upgrade at quarterback. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think he's a buy as well. Just, you know, um, Trevor Lawrence is coming there, man. I, I'm interested to see what happens when they get, a, a you know, a, an actual competent QB back there, assuming that Trevor Lawrence would be that. So, agreed. All right, Cortland Sutton. What do you think about him? Bye. Yeah, I think a he's a buy too. Yeah, he's a buy. Yeah. Obviously, shortened season due to injury. Somebody already bought him, so we don't have to spend much time on Cortland Sutton. Uh, we both believe in his talent. I think he's a buy. I've actually been buying him up everywhere uh, across my leagues. Kenny Galladay. Uh, Kenny Galladay. He's 27 years old. Um, likely leaving Detroit this off season. At least that's where I would put my money. Kenny Galladay is, is a buy or a hold for me. If I have him, I'm, I'm going to hold him, especially uh, before I see what, what his landing spot is. And if I don't have him, I'm looking to see what the Kenny Galladay offer would, uh, owner would want for him. What do you think about Kenny? Yeah, I would be interested to buy him. Um, I, I just, I'm a little nervous about him because I, like, I think we talked about it a couple of weeks ago and the rumor was that he was interested in going to Baltimore. If that's the case, I'm not touching him. I don't want anybody that's playing in Baltimore. But uh, if he goes pretty much anywhere else, I, I, I buy him. This is what I don't know yet, though. And we talked about that briefly on a, on a podcast as well. I don't know if Lamar Jackson can't throw out the numbers, outside the numbers, because he doesn't have a good outside receiver. So even yeah. if Galladay went to Baltimore, I think I would take a wait and see approach. Like you, I would be cautious in buying him if that's where he ended up. But I don't like, I think Lamar Jackson is actually a really good quarterback and he has one of the weakest wide receiver core uh, cores in the NFL. I don't know. Kenny Galladay, uh, Kenny Galladay would give Lamar Jackson a big boost in my opinion, but I'm not sure how much of a downgrade Kenny Galladay, Kenny Galladay would get from his own production, but I would still be interested, especially if the Kenny Galladay owner was nervous, like like you are, that Kenny Galladay landed in Baltimore. If that were to happen, I would definitely try to buy him uh, um, at a discount for sure, for sure. Anyway, Keenan Allen, he's 29 years old, had a great season once Justin Herbert became the starter. Keenan Allen is a hold for me. He will be 29 at the start of next season. I think he has, you know, three more years of elite wide receiver hmm. uh, you can you really call him a perennial wide receiver one um every time he's healthy and plays close to 16 games that's what he does so he's a ppr machine he's tied to a young good qb he's a hold for me and if i'm a contender i'm looking to buy keenan allen what do you think yeah i think uh, in general i think he's a buy um but it's like you said if you're a contender, you want to buy. I think otherwise I would sell him because I don't I don't really see his value increasing. I mean, it's not going to because he's got no, older. It and won't. He's coming off like 
a, a great season. So I think this would this would also be a good time to sell unless you, you know, unless you could use them because you're contending. Now if you if you're contending, like you hold them, but otherwise I would say, you know, let let them go. But just in general, he's a buy or a hold. I agree. I agree with all of that. Um skip over Smitty. Juju Smith Schuster. What do you think about Juju Kirk? All right, man. I think he's a buy. Like, I think you might as well. I, I don't think he's great, but he did at one point show that he was capable of being really productive when he's put in the right situation. Um, I think you buy him after like two, like two really bad seasons. He should be pretty cheap, I would assume. Uh, I would just buy him and hold him and, and, you know, and wait and wait to see what happens. I mean, worst case scenario, like you, you invest like very little to get him um, and you can just drop him if he never like or drop him or trade him if he never like pans out, you know? Uh, yeah. But, you're, you're, you're definitely not dropping him, especially yet in, in a dynasty league. You don't, you don't want to pull a Corey Davis, bro. Oh, true. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, a, that's a good point. Yeah, but I mean, I I agree with you with what you said. I think he's a buy, and I think you know he isn't great, but I think he's good. And you know, even in that shitty two three yard crossing route offense that they had him playing in, he put up fourteen and a half fantasy points per game. He's only twenty four years old. He's an impending free agent. I still don't think they resign him, even though Big Ben said he wants him back. I don't even know if they fucking want Big Ben back. So I don't I don't really give a shit about his opinion. And I think Juju getting a fresh start anywhere outside of Pittsburgh where the quarterback can actually throw the ball down the field and they allow Juju to do what he does well, which is play on the inside, play in the slot. I think at this price of wide receiver 22, where this system has him ranked, I'm absolutely buying him as a back-end wide receiver too. Absolutely. So he's a buy for me. If I have him, he's a hold. Chase Claypool... I'm still not a big Chase Claypool guy, but as a rookie wide receiver who went out there and put up double-digit touchdowns, uh, double-digit touchdowns with a quarterback who I just criticized, uh, I think he's he's a buy. He he ain't the next Megatron, so y'all can't shut the fuck up with all that. But I do think he has a lot of promise, and I do think he has a ton of room for improvement in his own game. So if he can develop into... Uh, a better route runner on the outside and more of a trusted possession receiver as opposed to somebody who needs to get lined up against linebacker Nate Jerry to have like the big game that he put up uh, against the Eagles, uh, then then I think he has a, a bright future in the NFL. At wide receiver 21, I'm for sure buying him at this price, but nobody who owns Chase Claypool is selling him at the wide receiver 21 price. Yeah, and that's kind of what I was going to say too. Like, I think you buy him, but I think, most people that have Chase Claypool yeah. will probably be interested in holding right now, yeah. just because yeah, I absolutely. think his value will eventually like increase. So I think you know, hold or, or buy. Uh, hey, Megatron, no, Vernon Davis, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just playing. I'm just playing. But uh, uh, yeah, I, I I agree, bro. He's 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 a he's a buy, but at cost. Like I, I'm not. I think people who have Chase Claypool are holding him at this wide receiver 21 price because they they have the opinion that he's probably going to develop into a top 12 wide receiver in the future. So um, if you can get him for the low, absolutely go get him, but you, you won't be able to. People are really high on him. Deontay Johnson, this is, pro this is the first, for me, this is the first 
contrarian opinion I think I'm sure I think with wide receivers it's, it's so easy just to be like hold or keep like all of them right because when you get into like the top 30 wide receivers like who wants to sell a top 30 wide receiver I just realized this, this is not like the running back show where it's like you know you can have a running back that's that's super productive this year but he's 27 years old now it's time to sell him with the wide receivers I'm noticing as we're going through like all these guys are pretty much like you know hold or, or, or buys just depending on you know your team build but anyway Deontay Johnson this dude's a sell for me he is 24 years old he put up 14.8 fantasy points per game he was goddamn good bro and he was peppered with targets from big ben but at wide receiver 20 based on what i think his talent is and his athletic profile and his struggles with drops and understanding that big ben is not going to be there uh, really in the foreseeable future i could see big ben being there for an- another year two two max I think if people are buying Deontay Johnson as a wide receiver one, which I've seen people do in my other dynasty leagues, I am absolutely fucking selling him at that price. Yeah. The price is top, top 12, like for sure. Yeah. I'm selling him there. I'm selling him there. And even, even as a high end wide receiver too, because I feel like the top 15, top, top 18 receivers are better. If somebody was willing to give me, like I'll use I'll use the guy next on this list ahead of Deontay Johnson. I mean, if somebody wanted to give me Amari Cooper for Deontay Johnson, I'm taking the Cooper side. Yeah, I I think um, what you said about him being peppered with targets and about that situation changing, I think that that is a strong point to sell. And I would be very tempted to sell him if I had him too, just because I don't know if he's gonna get those targets again you know, the, the following year. I don't know right. if it changes. So I think for what you can get for him because of how, like, high, high a lot of fantasy people are on him, I think he is a sell. Like, I would, I would have to agree with you there. Um, I could see an argument for Holden or, you know, but I, I don't – I definitely don't think that he's a buy, not at the price that he's being sold. At. I don't think he's a buy. He's, he's definitely not a buy for me. And holding scares me because I, I don't want to say this is his – peak value but i i just think you know wide receivers when we're projecting them out we look at things like their size adjusted athleticism like their their uh you know profile measurables like combine measurables things like that we look at their draft capital we look at you know advanced analytics on you know the way that they separate you know um how well they win against man coverage if they're proficient against zone things like that and Deontay Johnson, like, I think he just kind of is what he is. I think he's, he's, he's a really good route runner. He's really good in the quick game. And I think his, his touchdown upside is, is capped as well because he's not a, you know, he's not an athletic freak. He's not a guy that I would expect to go out there and get, um, uh, you know, double-digit touchdowns every season. So I think he is what he is in terms of a talent. And he's also in a really good situation where he's being funneled a lot of targets. So, I don't, I don't think his situation can be much better than what it is. And with Chase Claypool developing and getting better, that has to take some of the target share away from him as well. So maybe you hold him for another year, especially if Juju leaves. I want to hold him if Juju leaves, absolutely, because, I mean, where are the targets going to go? But beyond that, I'd be looking to, to part ways with him. That's just my own personal stake. Uh, let's get through the rest of these pretty quickly because we, we took a, a bit of time there. Um Amari Cooper, I'll let you take this one. You're, you're the Amari Cooper owner. He's a buy for me. 
Yeah, I think I think Amari Cooper's a buy as well. Um, I'll take Mike Evans. Mike Evans, Mike Evans is one of my favorite receivers in the NFL. I think he's uh, uh, an absolute freak. He's he's six five, two hundred thirty pounds of dude ran a four five flat. Uh, like I said, I think he's one of the most uh, anomalous um, wide receiver prospects that that I've ever had the opportunity to watch and develop into the NFL. I think Mike Evans is uh, I think Mike Evans is a sell for me. I think he's a sell because of the target distribution that we see in Tampa Bay. I think he's a sell because of how good that Tampa Bay defense is. And I think he's a sell because of the volume uh, um, that's, that's going to be there in the passing game with Tom Brady and that plethora of weapons. I think if Chris Godwin moves on in free agency, uh, if, if Antonio Brown moves away in free agency, then I could see a scenario where I would be really interested in Mike Evans uh, but but for me, as someone who owns Mike Evans in a league, I've been searching uh, for offers for Mike Evans just to see what I can get. And I haven't gotten an offer that I felt like was was worth my time to move him. But he'll be 28 by the start of next season. He put up, you know, 15 fantasy points per game, which was damn good, especially based on the fact that, you know, he probably lost you a couple of weeks in, in, in your, uh, with having him in your lineup just because, you know, it, it, the volume wasn't there. But he did save his season with scoring. You know, I want to say he scored 13 touchdowns or something like that. And he had like barely over a thousand yards. So he's just a receiver that if somebody's willing to pay me wide receiver one prices for Mike Evans at this point, I'm going to sell him. Yeah, I, <clears throat> I, I agree. Um, I, I know he put up a wide receiver one season last year. Um, but that was kind of like fool's gold. Like if you actually had them and you watched them like week over week, um, they forced him the ball the last like two weeks of the regular season to get him to that mm-hmm. wide receiver, that wide receiver one uh, season. So yeah, I, I mean, you know, uh, at wide receiver one price, like yeah, you definitely sell him. But if he, if you could buy him at a wide receiver two price, like you buy him. That's, that's what I, I think mean. so too. Yeah, I think so. And I, I think at wide receiver 18, like this, this, you know, mid tier wide receiver two, I'm just kind of holding him. You know I mean, yeah, yeah, he's, he's going to, he's going to get you fantasy points. He's going to score touchdowns. So it's just, I could, I could see all three scenarios with, with Mike Evans, Allen Robinson. Uh, we're buying Allen Robinson, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think he's a, a wide receiver one. Like, yeah. 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 I'm buying okay. Him. Okay. Terry McLaurin. <laughs> I, I, I mean, where is he at? Sixteen. I'm, I, uh, I'm selling I'm him at sixteen. Yeah. Bro. <laughs> I love. Hey, we both we both know Terry is a dog, but bro, anybody who plays in any type of competitive dynasty league or follows you know dynasty content, and you know how high people are on Terry McLaurin, and people have him you know ranked you know, within their top 15 and some people even as, as a top 12 wide receiver talent in dynasty, you can get him to fuck up off all my teams, bro, for, for a top 12 wide receiver, just because, and it doesn't have anything to do with Terry McLaurin. It has everything to do with his situation. And he's not young enough for me to say, well, his situation will change eventually, which I think it is, but he'll be 26 at the start of next season and they don't have a quarterback. Yeah, if you rolling out Heineke or whatever his name is, Heineken, whatever. My nigga nah. Hennessy. Yeah, get him out of here. Yeah, I think I think I'm sell I think I'm selling my guy Terry McLaurin at wide receiver 16 price because there are just some guys down here that I like a little bit more. 
uh, I like their, I think I like their situations a bit more, especially the guys like right behind them, like Allen Robinson, Amari Cooper, those guys, I just like them better. Anyway, T Higgins, T Higgins is a buy for me. I think we haven't seen T Higgins ceilings yet, uh, ceiling yet. I think he's a, a less athletic version of, of AJ green. I think he has tremendous ball skills. He's, he's not uh, like a burner or an athletic freak, but um, he has really good understanding of the wide receiver position. And I think he's going to develop into a, a really, really sound wide receiver in fantasy. So I think, I think I'm going to buy him even at this wide receiver 15 price. He's a player that I'm comfortable buying high on. Uh, he's only 22 years old. will still be 22 by the start of next season. And he put up a damn good year with rookie quarterback, Joe Burrow and the rest of those, you know, Ryan Finley's that they, that they rolled out there for him. What do you think about T Higgins here? I agree. He's a buy for me. And if I had him, like you wouldn't be able to get him. I agree. I agree. Chris Godwin is yeah, this nigga's a holes for me. We gave Chris Godwin a lot of shit. Damn, wait, this nigga's wide receiver 14 on this. He's he's not a buy for me. I'll tell you that. I'm not buying Godwin. And I'm not necessarily selling him either. At wide receiver 14, I would take T. Higgins over him. I think I would take Allen Robinson over him. And I think I would take Amari Cooper over him. So it, it just, too. yeah. So I, I, I think I'm holding Chris Godwin unless I can get, you know, if, if somebody wanted to play the age game and send me like DeAndre Hopkins for Chris Godwin, if somebody was foolish enough to do that, I would do that for sure. So any, any, any of these wide receivers right behind him or right ahead of him, I would take for Chris Godwin. But if you can't get that, I just hold because he, he actually had a damn good season. Uh, and people forget how banged up he was with, with a few injuries throughout the year. So, Wide receiver 14 is a bit rich for me. I think I'm going to hold. Uh, Brandon Ayuk, you're buying him if you can get him. In this league, you ain't going to get him. And I don't blame Jamal for uh, not entertaining offers. DeAndre Hopkins, I'm just going to run through a few of these quick so we can so we can wrap up because we only have like 10 minutes now to do Elmo um, year interview. DeAndre Hopkins, I own DeAndre Hopkins. You probably won't be able to get him up off me unless you have uh, Diggs. Uh, Devontae Adams. That's um, uh, pretty. That's oh, Tyreek Hill. Unless it involve, unless it's a package with one of those receivers, you, you you can't get this guy up off me. So he's a hold for me. And if somebody's scared of his age going into this season at age twenty nine, um, um, he's he's a buy if you can get him at a discount. Michael Thomas, same way. Um, he's a he's a buy for me. Uh, he, he's a hold in in ace of spades because I also own. Michael Thomas, he'll be 28 by the start of next season. This dude's a perennial top seven wide receiver. So uh, I don't care who's QB and even Taysom Hill, even if, even if it's Taysom Hill, I don't care. Um, he's a hold and I'm buying him if anybody's low on him after this season. Jamar Chase, we can save him for the rookie show. Kurt, I'll let you do DJ Moore, Ridley, and Diggs, and we'll get into Tyreek and them after. All right, uh, DJ Moore, if I could get him, if I could, if I could get wide receiver nine uh nine value in return for him i'm selling him uh <laughs> yeah yeah he's he bro I, uh, man i could bro this, this like this type of stuff really irritates me I'm, I'm not gonna spend a lot of time on it but yeah if i could sell him for wide receiver nine i would sell him really <clears throat> i'm holding really you're not getting really up off me digs holding digs too yes I'm holding digs so uh yes we, here we are at tyree kill yes Agreed with all of those. Tyreek Hill, Tyreek Hill is an absolute hold for me as well. 
Um, yep. you, you can't get Tyreek Hill from me unless you're paying me like a super premium. It, it has to involve one of the wide receivers that we just mentioned or one of the wide receivers that we're about to mention uh, coming up here. Uh, CeeDee Lamb. Let, let's say, you know, I have CeeDee Lamb and I'm a contender. Ray has Tyreek Hill and he's reloading. I would consider a CeeDee Lamb for Tyreek Hill swap, something like that. You know what I mean? For sure. You know, for sure. So, so yeah, it, it would have to, it would have to be something like that for me to move any of these guys, Justin Jefferson. He's an absolute old you, you, you cannot get Justin Jefferson off my team. I do not have any shares of Justin Jefferson. Um, I did actually have a share in one of my dynasty leagues at the beginning of the season and I sold it. <laughs> and uh, uh, I no longer have any shares of this guy on my team, but, but if I did, you wouldn't be able to get him up off me. Devonte Adams, Devonte Adams is a, he is a hold for me, especially through 2021 because he's still under contract. We may be having a different conversation next summer. Uh, I expect them to try to extend Devontae Adams and let him, you know, finish his career in Green Bay. But but I don't know. As of now, he's an absolute hold. Uh, and you can't buy him uh, just based on what his price is. I mean, I did the same thing with Michael Thomas last year. There was really no offer you could send me for Michael Thomas at the end of last season. So Devontae Adams is a buy for me. Um, I'll take A.J. Brown, too, and I'll let you finish off. Kurt with with number one AJ Brown he'll be 24 by the start of next season put up 17.2 fantasy points per game super super talented young receiver who has a ton of touchdown upside as well and plays in a really good offense um I don't think the Derrick Henry Cliff whenever that comes is going to negatively affect AJ Brown I think he's a locked in top 12 dynasty wide receiver even that wide receiver two price overall wide receiver two price I'm holding AJ Brown um Kurt, I'll let you finish this off with the number one receiver on this board. Number one receiver is DK Metcalf, and I'm holding. Um, yeah, I'm holding him. I don't even know what somebody could send me for DK Metcalf at this point. Uh, I mean, he's twenty. He's twenty three years old, right? That is, that is ridiculous. I yeah, am holding. I agree. He he's twenty. It's it's his age, bro. He just came off a thirteen hundred yard double digit touchdown season at twenty three. He's just that's just that's just a player that that people aren't interested in, in moving off from. So anyway, that wraps up the wide receiver buy sell. Hope you guys really enjoyed that. We we actually put a lot of time into that analysis there. This podcast is probably going to go a bit over uh, because I think we're already coming up over an hour. I didn't time it, but um, we're just under an hour, if I'm not mistaken. But um, we're going to do the year interview for Elmo, and then we're going to wrap up this show as quickly as possible. So. We've talked about Elmo's team ad nauseum throughout the season, so this shouldn't take too long, uh, but let's get into it. So Elmo, a.k.a. Dirty Mo, we're about to talk about his 2020 season and what his 2021 season could potentially look like after he drafts, you know, this dude has uh, one, two, three, four, five, six picks inside the top 24 three picks inside the top seven, four picks inside the top 12. So he has four first round picks. He has an opportunity to turn his team around in very, very short order. Obviously we're starting from the bottom and working our way at the, to the top, Kurt. So this means Elmo had a bottom two season last year. Yeah. Yeah. Bottom two, but it was, it was intentional. Um, It was intentional. He was, he was tanking. I mean, he did manage to win three head-to-head matchups, which is pretty impressive with, I mean, considering that he wasn't trying to win 
But yeah, he didn't have a great season, but it was intentional. Yeah, he 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 made a decision to go into a rebuild and sell off some of his assets for draft capital while keeping, you know, a few young assets that that are pretty impressive. I think we talked about him overselling the rebuild. And I, I did want to clarify because we just finished talking about DK Metcalf and the wide receiver buy sell. And I talked about on, on another show that I think Elmo oversold the rebuild because I felt like DK, no matter what you think about DK Metcalf's talent, that's probably a player just based on his youth and production that you want to hold on to in a rebuild. And Elmo decided to part ways for him. And I don't, I don't think the trade that Elmo got for DK Metcalf was a bad trade. I think that the process that led to the decision to trade DK Metcalf from Elmo was bad. He traded DK for a top five pick in the draft, which, okay, that's, that's a good pick. That's a valuable pick. You should be able to get a really good player there. But the reason that he traded for that pick and Odell, which was the trade DK for Odell and, and that, that pick that ended up being pick five is because he wanted to flip Odell for another first round pick. Yeah, I I agree with you uh, when you say the process was bad there. And it's just, man, it was super unfortunate because he made that trade and then Odell got hurt like the, the very next week. So that, that was just like really shitty luck. But that's the type of stuff that can happen when you, you know, make trades and then you're making a trade to make another one. Like that type of stuff can happen to you. Um, I think that was one of, one of Elmo's few missteps last year. He didn't make a lot of them, but that was definitely a misstep there. And I mean, my my thought process when you initially made the trade was, you're if you're rebuilding, there's no need for you to trade away DK Metcalf because he is 22, 23 years old. So if you think your team is going to be good in four years, he'll be 27 years old. Like it's not like he's going to be over the cliff or even approaching the cliff by the time your team is good. So you just hold on to a play like that. That's my personal opinion. Exactly. And I I think that's a consensus dynasty opinion for anybody who's played the game or understands the game. And I think it was a learning experience for Elmo. Like I said, I don't, I don't think the trade was a bad trade for Elmo. I just think that the rookie that he's going to draft with that pick is going to be what a year or two younger than DK. (laughs) Yeah. And it yeah. may, may not and may not ever, you know, realize the ceiling that DK has realized, you know, in his short career. So I, I like to trade better for Elmo when he didn't understand, did, didn't explain his process behind it. Once I realized what he was trying to do with Odell, I just I didn't I didn't like the fact that he made it that he made the trade. Anyway, last season, Elmo went five and twenty one. He was the uh, second worst team in the league. He shifted to a rebuild after looking at the landscape of uh, the league and realizing that he wasn't going to be a competitive team. And I think that was the right move. If we look at Elmo's roster, obviously his biggest weakness is the quarterback position. His starting quarterbacks are Daniel Jones and Jimmy Garoppolo. This is something that Elmo will be looking to address in the draft. He does hold the number one overall pick. That pick has all been decided and it's going to be Trevor Lawrence. What do you think about his strategy to go grab, you know, the top prospect in the draft with his number one overall pick? That's the, I mean, that's the smart move to do. We're in a super flex, super flex QB league. That's it. That's his biggest, you know, need is quarterback. Like, I mean, it just, it, there, there is no other pick for Elmo. 
I agree. I agree 100%. And he will be able to grab one, if not two quarterbacks in that draft. And Elmo is, you could make the, you could make the argument that Elmo is the best drafter based on history in the league. Yeah. I mean, Elmo, Godwin, Michael Thomas. Oh, Michael. Yeah. I forgot about Mike T. Yeah. DeAndre Hopkins. People don't, People don't remember it. Elmo was like the first person to own DeAndre Hopkins in this league way back when. Yes, I think you I think you're telling me something because because when I came in the league, I think Jamal drafted DeAndre Hopkins. So that was the only person I ever knew to have, have him. It was it was keeper. Elmo had to cut him. He had D Hop back in the day. He also had Allen Robinson. Man, yeah. He can he okay. I can see why he trades for picks because he just he hits he, in the draft. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for Elmo. Sure. Uh, oh, Andrew Luck as well. Elmo has a history. Elmo has a history of of being very, very efficient in the draft, bro, and hitting on on very good talent. Um, so I don't I don't worry about Elmo's rebuild. He has pick one, pick five, pick seven. He's gonna come away with three good players there. I'm confident he's gonna come away with three good players. So his biggest need is obviously QB. We've heard rumors around the Ace of Spades Dynasty League that Elmo is going to target. QBs back to back. What do you think about that strategy, bro? Yeah, that's his biggest need. He doesn't really have one QB right now, really. Like, I mean, Jimmy G and Daniel Jones. Like, yeah, like I would take, I would take my shot on two rookie QBs. I, I think I would too. Somebody would, somebody would have to fall into like a really, really good landing spot uh, as a RB in order for me to pivot off quarterback because I think the first three picks are going to be QB. So if that fourth quarterback isn't as talented as you think that number one running back prospect is, I could see him pivoting to the RB position, but I trust Elmo will make the right decision. I think he's going to have the opportunity to come away with potentially, you know, two quarterbacks and a running back or a quarterback, a running back and a wide receiver, or a quarterback, a running back and Kyle Pitts, whatever, whatever Elmo decides to do with these picks, they're going to be good. I mean, this is a group of really good prospects. Elmo has an opportunity to turn his team around faster than pretty much anybody else who was in a rebuild this year don't you think uh yeah and i believe that he will be just because i mean he has picks that are in this draft and not in the 2023 one you know that's what rio will be looking at so we'll be having a conversation about him but also i think like you said elmo is he's he has a pretty good track record when it comes to the draft so I agree. I'm confident that, that he'll fix his team here. His other position groups, his, his strongest wide receiver, his strongest position group is wide receiver. We got to end this podcast, bro. I'm I'm getting mush mouth. His strongest position group is wide receiver. He he has Chris Gow and Justin Jefferson, and he could have had DK, but we talked about that. He traded away Odell, so I assume he'll be looking to add another receiver in the draft. But he has a couple, you know, really good wide receivers in Jefferson and Godwin. He has David Montgomery and J.K. Dobbins at the running back position. So a player that's considered a dynasty RB1 in J.K. Dobbins and a player that finished as an RB1 last year, David Montgomery. So he's in pretty good shape with his RB position. He just has needs, glaring needs at quarterback and possibly tight end if if you're not a believer in Robert Tanyan. So uh, I think he's going to be set up for success. We, we don't have to spend too much time talking about his strategy or really his draft capital any further because Elmo has been known to be effective in the draft. But Elmo's not a team that I worry about, bro. Like we talked about Tabron and how scared we are about Tabron being able to fix that team because we think it's going to take like a long ass time. I could see Elmo being a playoff team this year. 
For sure. Yeah, for sure. I think I think he's setting himself up. You know, rookies, you just have to we just have to wait and see what happens with the rookies. But if these rookies come into the league and do what we expect them to do, he's gonna be in the mix next year. Um he doesn't have a bad team right now. Also, like he's just I agree. You know, he just doesn't really have a quarterback. So, you know, that's a little that's another thing that separates him from somebody like my boy, my my rival, you know, Tabron. <laughs> Tabron. Yeah, I agree, bro. I agree. I think I think Elmo is in really good shape. I think uh, he had a rough season last year, but it was it was all uh, uh, premeditated, and he did it the right way. He came away from the season with three top eight draft picks in a really loaded draft class. I think he's going to have the opportunity to turn his team around uh, very quickly. And Elmo's top six for me this year, bro. He's top six. He's he's gonna make the playoffs. I'm calling it right now. Book it. Elmo in the playoffs, 2021. Yeah, I can see that for sure. And that's the show. As always, please tune into our next episode. We're going to do buy, sell, tight end position. We're only going to do 18. And that's pretty much it because tight end is such a dog shit position. Now, after you get outside the top three tight ends, it's like, you know, uh, you know, I mean, those, those dudes are ass. And they, they're like, they change every season. Like somebody will burst on a scene like Robert Tanyan did this year. And I remember, you know, Julius Thomas, Jordan Cameron, those dudes from you know, way back when they had one good, you know, tight end one season and were never heard from again. So we'll talk about, you know, the top 18 tight ends. Maybe we'll talk about 24 of them because, you know, there are some guys like, you know, Chris Herndon, you know, some dudes that have been, that have been shackled by like Adam Gase offenses and shit that are getting buzzed like once again, like for the, for the fourth season in a row. So we'll talk about some guys like that. And uh, we're also going to continue the gear review episodes next week. Kurt, we're going to do Chris. Chris is up. The time has come. <laughs> I'm a roast Chris Goofy ass. Anyway, I'm rambling, bro. <laughs> Drop the outro. Holla at you boys later. And remember, it's up there and it's still stuck there. Peace.